We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Veterans Minimum Podcast live from San Agato Studios. My name is Impy. I'm filling in for Joe. And to my left is Tim Petrop. And to my right is Boss. What's good, Impy? How's it's so doing? much better to have you here than Joe. Yeah, I appreciate that. Out wow. there. I appreciate that. So much better. appreciate that very Gotta much. Gotta watch Joe's face say things that are crazy. He's good looking. Though. Tell him how you man. really feel. <laughs> uh, we are joined by Ashley Novell, live from the West Coast. Ashley, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. What's up, guys? How's the cold? How's that treat? <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. It sucks. And snow is on the way, too, this week, which is terrible. I Listen to this. Uh, it was so bad out last Friday, I had to take a cab four blocks to get to the train station because I couldn't walk because the wind was so bad. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not kidding. So those are the types of things that we're dealing with on the East Coast. Ashley is located in Arizona. Uh, she went to U of A. Uh, and so I'd love to sort of lead off with what the hell's going on mm-hmm. out there. Oh, God, where do I begin? Um, You know, ESPN kind of screwed themselves over on this one, reporting certain quote-unquote facts that aren't necessarily verified. So uh, that reporter's kind of been in hiding lately. I don't know if he's standing by his thoughts, but, you know, Sean Miller took some time to reflect on everything, and once he kind of figured out, all right, they don't really have a case against me, at least not until after the NCAA tournament, He's just, you know, took some time off, came back, said, I'm innocent. And I don't, he basically denied the entire conversation, the entire thing that this report came out. And I knew this was going to happen because after taking some time to like just research things, take some time to read the report a little bit, I was like, they really have nothing on this guy. They didn't hear any of the, the wiretap calls yet. They didn't, um, I don't even know who their sources were. You know, why, who is giving this guy information and why are they doing it? It just seemed like it was kind of like an inside job. I'm not really sure exactly what 
the point of it was, but nothing, if anything does happen, is going to happen until after the tournament. Let me ask. You're out there in Arizona, and you obviously have a better idea of, of you know, what's going on out there and Sean Miller as a person. But you don't think he's paying anyone? Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, well, I mean, <laughs> we all know this is going on. Yeah. And I know it goes on everywhere. And I know that if any of these players are not getting paid in money, they're getting some sort of reward or presence, as you will, or gifts or things. Oh, here, take this. Here's the keys to a nice-ass car. Go take this for a spin, you know? But I know stuff like that goes on. I'm not going to name names, but I know stuff that goes on. But a lot of times it can't just be – it's not the coach, you know? So it's not always the coach that knows – what's going on in terms of exchanges of money or gifts or other things that are going on or a bagel or a cupcake or <laughs> the hell someone wants to eat for a snack, whatever's classified as a snack. I have no idea. But sometimes these, these coaches don't even know what's going on. It's sometimes like, you know, the assistant coach handling all the dirty work, like book, um, or it could be the boosters. It could be someone who is really closely affiliated to the program, funnels in a ton of money into the program and they, you know, try to bribe these players to come there. So it could be a bunch of little things that maybe the coach really doesn't know what goes on or he kind of does but just doesn't deal with it. So I don't really know how much of Sean Miller what he really knows, and I don't really know exactly if um, what he was talking about. I don't really know if he was talking about DeAndre Ayton um, getting all that money. You know, obviously he denied that, but it could have been another player. So I have no clue exactly what goes on, but we all know. We're not stupid. These guys are getting paid. There's uh, no way they're not. And so sort of pivoting from that, you know, you've, you're going to be doing some work with the Summer League, correct? The NBA Summer League this year? Yes. Okay, so you're. I know you're really excited about that. We're sort of excited about that as well for you. Do you sort of think that the Summer League, or, or, or not the Summer League, but maybe like the G League can sort of be an alternative, you know, alternative to the... To the NCAA in some way, a lot of people are throwing, you know, that possibility around. What's your take on that? I think it would be awesome. I'm kind of sick of the NCAA taking advantage of these guys. Amen. And I mean, we all know these guys aren't necessarily going to college because they really want to go to college, like, and really want to get an education. Not saying that that's not important, because I, I truly believe education is important. But you could be successful without one. You don't need to go to college to be successful. It's a stupid piece of paper that says, oh, I graduated, like, good for you. You can learn all this stuff on Google, you know? So I think the G League should be used. I think it would be very structured, and players would be getting paid. Because once you start dealing with NCAA and you're kind of like, all right, how much does this player get paid? How much is, you know, there, there could be some issues where I totally understand why the structure of pay in the NCAA has not worked and it hasn't been used. So the G League definitely, but I'm kind of getting sick of this one and done, the one and done rule. I don't really think they need to have it. And that's something I was actually reading on ESPN talking about today, which I said, you know, when I was on ESPN first take, I completely said, just get rid of the the one and done rule. If guys don't want to go to the G League or go to to college or go overseas and they think they're ready to play, like a guy like DeAndre Ayton, come on. He could easily be playing in the in the NBA right now. Like, let's be serious. He's putting up, you know, huge numbers in, in almost every single game. He is not only a strong inside presence, but also outside. So I do think the G League should be used. And I know Adam Silver is really looking into this because he doesn't want the NBA to be in any of these reports, which they were. Kyle Kuzma 
supposedly getting money and certain guys getting money. So he doesn't want the NBA to be affiliated with that kind of negative energy at all. So, yes, G League should be used. And I also think the one-and-done rule should be completely eliminated. So I kind of agree with you on, like, the one-and-done rule because, like you said, like, if someone's good enough or deemed to be good enough to play in the NBA, they should be able to do that. Like, we've seen in the past it's worked with top and talent, but we've also seen, like, top and talent flop like Kwame Brown. I was just going to say obvious Kwame example. Brown. But – you don't think I brought this up, you know, uh, last week? Like, you don't think Levar Ball is somewhere in the background laughing away because he has like the JBA in place or the idea of it in place already, and he's like reached out to top recruits saying, you know, come to my program. And a lot of top recruits in the 2018 class have turned them down to go to college. So you don't think like the JBA will ever take off as an alternative if the one and done rule does stay in place? Here's the thing. I don't think Adam Silver is going to allow that to happen. And I I do think LeVar Ball is completely ahead of everybody else, and I think he's brilliant for everything that he's done. Like, I am very, very supportive of the Ball family and everything that he's been able to accomplish and do because he's sick of it. He's like, all right, I'm taking my son out of this this crappy-ass high school program. All right, we're, we're going overseas. We're not dealing with this NCAA uh, BS here. So we're, I'm going to take my, my kids and put them in the best situations possible where we can control our brands. Because another thing, too, is that these sponsorships, you know, you can't have sponsorships if you're an athlete because you can't be getting money, you know, in the NCAA. So he's like, all right, well, what about Big Baller brand? You know, like we have our own company. Like, what, you're going to expect my kid to be wearing Nikes or being sponsored by Adidas at these schools? So there's a lot of different elements that are coming into play here because it's not just you know, college, but it's AAU and it's all these teams that are sponsored by Nike. So you'll see an AAU kid who's um, with a team that's sponsored by Nike and he's automatically going to choose a school in college that's sponsored by Nike, just how it works. But they, they're they getting, everything is just like so complex and so confusing, but LeVar Ball's onto something. Do I think Adam Silver is going to let that take off? Nope, not under his watch, because why would he want LeVar Ball to make money off of something that he's capable of doing himself? And it would make more sense for people to go to a structure that's organized by the NBA, by Adam Silver and all the rest of the, you know, the other uh, commissioners, people below him who are helping him out with this whole structure. Like, it would would just make more sense for him to do that. But, I mean, I I don't know if I would go to LeVar Ball's (laughs) or whatever you want to call it. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't go to LeVar Ball's. Uh, so for any of these leagues in general, in order to have a league that's going to do something, you need to make money, right? And as someone who has been involved with the NBA Summer League, the kind of the competition level is going to be NBA Summer League type level. So as someone who's familiar with that, do you think that that type of game and that type of environment can translate into something that creates dollars and really like, gets popular on TV and fills stadiums and things of that nature? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I mean, we're seeing guys who uh, might be entering, you know, the the draft a little early. Maybe some guys who um, have a lot of hype in college who are they're kind of borderline. There are some guys who were at the combine last year who decided, all right, I'm going to go back to college. And I, I truly do believe. I mean, think about all the hype that some of these guys get out of high school. Uh, Zion Williamson, would you not want to see him at, in the G League right now, dominating with with some other big names? I would love that, but I, but here, but you do bring up a good point: the college atmosphere. 
there's really nothing like it. And you go to these D-League games and you're just like, all right, like there's no crowd. Mm. There's no hype. So that's another element that I know a lot of guys love going to college. Like I cover Grand Canyon University and they just got eligible this year to go to the tournaments, their conference tournament. They had to wait like four or five years for that to happen. But that atmosphere, I've never been in anything like it before in my life. And I went to U of A. Uh, ASU doesn't have crap because they have like one banner uh, hanging up there because no one really special goes there anyways. But, just just James um, Harden. That's it, honestly. It's like James Harden and then this other uh, – who was it? There's another name. It was a football player. Right now, Brock Osweiler. Obviously not that Obviously not that important. But, um, you know, even U of A doesn't have the type of atmosphere that Grand Canyon does. And that's one element that is going to be, I think, a factor is getting those people to want to go to these games and like, like, like in Tucson. What's in Tucson? The only thing is that that's in Tucson is college. It's U of A. It's, it's, it's the basketball and the football program. And they're, they're, anyone that's in Tucson who listens to this is probably going to want to slit my throat for saying that. But it's true. The only thing they really, only thing Tucson has that's exciting is the college athletics. And that's it. And anything else, like I never really wanted to do anything outside of that. I think I breaking kind – of I, I will say this, though. The weather is much better because I can say the same thing about – because I went to Syracuse. So okay. Syracuse up there, you're basically a professional – like treated like a professional, I should say, because – that's the only thing they have going for them out there is Syracuse basketball. The football team's been garbage, and the basketball team has had you know success lately, like the last decade or so. I mean, they floundered of late after they got hit with the sanctions. But yeah, I agree. Like you know, aside from the weather differences, Syracuse basketball and like like you said, like Arizona or Tucson, they're basically treated like professionals up there, and they get like the professional life in college. It's true, except and for the I know pay. These guys, except for the pay. Well. Go ahead. Except for, except for the legal pay. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing is they're bringing in so much revenue. Like U of A completely revamped their whole their whole football stadium, completely redone with all these facilities. The same thing with McHale Center. It, it's amazing the, the amount of stuff that they added in there. And I'm like thinking to myself, okay, where are they getting this money from? Number one, <laughs> and that's obviously the number one generator of any revenue into any college campus is the athletic program, hands down. For sure. Uh, I know you talked, you touched on like Arizona State, so I just wanted to jump into the Pac-12 tournament because Arizona State was like an intriguing team this year. They were ranked as high as three in the nation at one point, and yep. it kind of came out of nowhere. Like no one saw that, but it's I I attribute that to the Bobby Hurley. He's an East Coast guy, by the way, Jersey yep. guy, local guy. So I love my myself some Bobby Hurley. But since then they've fallen off, and Arizona, like you know, quietly, you know, aside from the allegations, they quietly you know led the Pac-12 all year, and they're the only team in the Pac-12 right now that's sure of an NCAA bid. So I just wanted yeah. to get your opinion on what behind Arizona. I mean, Arizona's getting Alonzo Trier back after that trace of his performance-dancing drug came up again, which was kind of ridiculous in my opinion when they already threw out that case last year instead of he took it by accident. So I don't know. That's another NCAA issue in itself. But they got Sean Miller back, Trier back. Rolly Alkins is fully healthy, you know, after the new year. So they're rolling into this tournament, and obviously the favorite, but who else behind them can you see posing a threat? Because UCLA is on the bubble, Utah's on the bubble, USC is on the bubble. So there are some teams that are obviously trying to come after Arizona this coming weekend. I don't know if anyone really has a shot at doing it. I mean, there, there was like that one point throughout the season when the Wildcats kind of – I was questioning. I was like, you know, maybe they're not as – good as we thought they were and I was worried you know they went on a three-game losing streak 
Um, obviously, that was, I'm pretty sure most of those games were away. It was on a neutral court. They so were in the Bahamas. Exactly. So that was a neutral court. So I was like, ugh. So that's the thing with Arizona is that sometimes their defense is non-existent. And that's crazy to think about because Sean Miller is a guy who always harps on defensive play. Because good defense leads to good offense. And there's been times where I've just seen them kind of stagnant where I'm like, all right, completely forgetting how to play basketball here. And the same thing with the ball movement sometimes. They kind of um, get a little stale. And I'm just like, what? What am I watching? You know, you guys, you got the, the one of the, the number one recruit in the country. You got the number one guy who's probably going to the NBA, uh, number one, probably getting drafted number one. And then you got Lonzo True, you got Alkins, who's uh, obviously putting up numbers as well. But the only team that I even see can possibly um, pose a threat, like you said, UCLA and USC are probably the only ones. Uh, they did lose to to UCLA um, around in the beginning of February. Close game. They weren't able to, to close it out. And then they, oh, yeah, and Oregon as well. That was a crazy game. But, again, I don't even count that because Alonzo was out. Right. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say if Alonzo was playing that game, it probably would not have been that same outcome. But it is really hard to win at Oregon in that type of atmosphere for sure. But um, USC has been pretty well, too. I mean, they have four guys that are in double figures and um, – how do you pronounce that one guy? Matu. Uh, there's this one dude uh, averaging 16 points, eight rebounds. Probably should know how to pronounce his name. Yeah, Chim- uh, Benny Bo. How do you say the first name? Chimezi, I think. Chimezi. Chimezi. Matu. Chimezi. Yeah. Matu. Um, and then also, oh yeah, they got a guy, uh, Jordan McLaughlin, who I also covered when I back in the day at AAU. I know that Arizona was looking at him for a short time as well. Um, Little guy, but he, he gets he gets the job done. So, I mean, they have what it takes. I feel like the firepower. But like you said, too, like when you look at the standings in the Pac-12, Arizona's basically ahead by a landslide. It's basically like Houston Rockets and then the third seed in the West, uh, the Blazers, they're like up by, you know, a good amount of games. So um, I, I would be very shocked if Arizona should lose this. But I think the only team that could possibly – shut them out as either USC or possibly UCLA because they've lost to them before. Or Oregon. I don't know. But I'm going to go with Arizona. I'm, I feel confident. They're on a roll right now. And I would actually want to see them in the Final Four. And I, that's crazy coming from me because I said this year I'm not going to put them in my Final Four. But I think everything that's gone down, I'm going to have to. The ever-elusive Final Four of an Arizona fan. Uh, all right. <laughs> Let's talk about the Dukies. Uh, Duke's going to head into the AC, ACC tournament with a two seed. Uh, big win against UNC on Saturday night. Uh, I've been sort of chatting with Boss about this, but do you think they have what it takes to knock off uh, Virginia? Ooh, you know, that's the thing. Virginia's been, I think they're number one in defensive efficiency, which has been great. Um, like, I, like I always try to harp on defense, defense, defense. And we saw them in that game the other night against Louisville. I don't know how that happened. That was you bananas. Better, you probably have a better chance of getting struck by lightning than winning that game. So, to me, I, I like how Virginia looks. They don't look like they get rattled. Um, they've been here before. Past couple years, they've really been on the rise. And I thought even last year they could have had a, a shot at you know the Final Four and doing really well. But um, Duke... If they can't get their offensive rhythm, it's gonna it's it 
it's going to cost them. It's going to cost them dearly. And I know sometimes we, we've seen them kind of just disappear in games. They don't even show up to play. But they got Marvin Bagley, and when he's in his locked in into his mode, he's a, he's a problem, definitely a problem. But um, and also Grayson Allen, obviously, he's been there, done that. He has experience under his belt. He doesn't seem as immature as he was a couple years ago. I don't think he's tripped anyone this season. <laughs> Mr. So, Trips. Uh, yeah, that's definitely. It was definitely something to to talk about. Gave me you know stuff to make fun of. But now it's like, all right, I don't have anything to make fun of anymore. But um, well, I could still I could still find something some stuff about him for sure. But um, he's been playing very well. But I'm very impressed with Bagley. You know, 21 points, 15 rebounds against UNC. Definitely. Um, anytime you beat North Carolina, your biggest rival, I think that says a lot about your team. But um, I'm not I'm not sure. I, I, there's just a lot of things that I question, and mostly it's offensively. Defensively, I'm not as concerned. But I would probably want to give Virginia the edge, to be honest with you. So, but I can't, I don't know. So when you look at a team like Duke, and they're in the ACC, and that, that conference is so strong. I think there's like eight teams that are that are set to be in the in the conference, I mean in the NCAAs. And then you got a team like Arizona, who you say is going to really run away with the Pac-12. And you can tell that they're the head of that, of that class. Uh, and as Boss mentioned before, for the Arizona fan, that ever-elusive Final Four. Do you think that having such an easy path uh, to, for lack of a better term, the promised land, is a disadvantage for Arizona instead of a, a guys who have to compete in conference tournaments like in the ACC where every night you could face a Duke, a uh, Virginia, a UNC, and, and uh, guys like that? Absolutely. I mean, you have to take into account the strength of schedule always. And I know that the selection committee has been trying to um, take a look at that. And, you know, as you could tell, Arizona, they, they have a pretty decent record, but they're not ranked in the top. I don't think they're in the top ten right now, to be honest with you. I think they're a little bit higher. If I'm not mistaken, I would have to look that up. But I think they're starting to take into consideration, you know, teams who win on the road, where they're at, who they're playing against. And strength of schedule definitely has to play a role in that. Because like you just said, there's Virginia, there's Duke, there's Clemson, the Hurricanes, there's uh, North Carolina. I know NC State has kind of, you know, done some done some things over the past couple of years. They've been a pretty good team. They actually have the same record, conference record right now as UNC, as I see right here. So it's pretty close. Uh, obviously, uh, Virginia is pretty much ahead with all of that. They're 17-1 and in the conference and 28-2 overall, which is a very, very good record. But like you said, it is a disadvantage for Arizona, 100%, because they're not playing against, against strong teams. And what I want to also talk about with coaches, remember this, coaches usually get to choose a couple of the games that they play that are out of conference. And it's interesting to me, every year that Arizona really doesn't play against teams we really want to see them against. You know, I would love to see them in – you know, in regular season play against a Duke or against UNC or against Villanova or even a Kansas. I saw we saw Kansas a couple of years ago. Um, that that was a lot of fun. Actually, watching that, I remember with the Morris twins. That was a game that I will always remember because Arizona lost, and I'm still heartbroken by it. But um, yeah, I'm still salty, and I still don't like the Morris brothers. Yeah, that sounds like so, years ago. I I mean, I'm a Mets <laughs> fan. I'm I, I'm salty about losses in 1998. So I hear you. <laughs> Totally understand. 
So, yeah, um, I do think it's a disadvantage for Arizona because we really don't know how they match up against the big the big guys. And now especially, yeah, there might be some times throughout the regular season they play a couple teams in those little tournament brackets, um, the tournament style, like in the Bahamas and stuff like that. But we don't see them actually playing teams to their full potential now. Right now, these teams should be playing their best basketball. They've had time to gel. They've had time to figure things out. They've had time to play against, you know, opponents who are at their heads every night. So now I I don't know, like, if Arizona could really compete against the top dogs. But I think with everything that's been going down with them and all the negative attention, I think it's only fair. It's only right that they are going to get to the Final Four, right? I mean, you would think. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. So we talked about Marvin Bagley, right, DeAndre Ayton. What about Trey Young and uh, Mo Bamba in the Big 12, right? So Trey Young in Oklahoma, they obviously burst onto the scene this year in college. They kind of weren't – I don't even think they were ranked to start the year, and then they were as high as the top ten, and then they fought it away at the end of the year, almost to the point of, like, being on the bubble. But um, they both open up. They both finished toward the bottom of the Big 12, 7-10, so they're both playing on day one. Um Mo Bamba and and uh you know he's a top five pick along with like Aiton and Bagley and obviously Doncic who's in I don't know where, Spain Spain he's playing Spain Sevilla if I'm so not mistaken he's hurt yeah, right Sevilla, now beautiful city <laughs> he's hurt right now right he has that toe injury he hasn't played the last two days do you think for the sake of himself and even like a Michael Porter who's a top six pick how do you feel about either them playing and risking further injury upon their draft year and being like a lottery pick Ooh. or them sitting out their conference tournament and then possibly the NCAAs. Ooh. Oh, this is easy. I don't, I don't play. No way am I playing. If I'm even slightly injured, I don't want to give any of these scouts or these executives any time to see me not playing my best basketball. Mm-hmm. If it's me, I'm not, I'm not going out there and risking it. At all. I'm not risking any more injury because, like I said, this is the time now where these guys are playing their best basketball and they want to win. So you're not going to get, you know, some team that just wants to slack off, oh, it's just another regular season game, like whatever. This is the this is the time that you want to win. This is the time where you're going to be playing your best. And why would you risk that? Why would you even want to give any scout any doubt in their minds that they don't want to draft you? And I feel like it can definitely ruin your stock. I mean, we know what we're getting from a guy like, like Mo. You know, he's, you know, 13 and, and I think he's averaging, what, 13 and 11? This guy's a monster. I hear he's that. Like, why would he even risk it? I hear that. But then we also had the case of Markel Fultz. You know, he, he played know, injured. He still got the paycheck. That's just true. Yeah, he still got the paycheck. That's true. That We've been back and forth in this podcast <laughs> because last year with the football guys, with like Christian McCaffrey and them, when they came out, uh, it's kind of like the same deal. Sitting out bowl like, games. Yeah, Sitting why, out the bowl games. Exactly. So why would you put yourself on the line with that? Especially if you're if you're a guy like like Michael Porter, for, yeah, Mobamba, guys like that. All right. So us on the you know w- w- what college basketball do we have over here? I mean, other than like your St. John's of the Yo, world. I'm a right? Johnny's fan. Yo, St. St. John. But I would. Is it fair to say that ba- that college basketball, specifically to our market, isn't that so, great? So Syracuse markets themselves as New York's college team. Like that's their slogan, mm-hmm. and they're four hours away from us. So I'd say you know a fair amount of us root for UConn, and a few years ago, right? That's fair. UConn's closer. Yeah, the best, close. the best basketball in New York City is going to be found in the the blacktops. Yeah, the park. That's true. The be- sure. Because it's not in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> Definitely not in Madison Square Garden. Not right in Carnesecca Arena. It's it's uh, it's it's in West Fourth. Um. So, so yeah. To be fair, you know we don't have the best college basketball here. Some of us, I would argue, are UConn fans. 
Boss, would you do you remember the year uh, Kemba and Napier made that run? What seed were they? Yeah, they were in uh, an eight, a seven seed. Seven seed, and and, and they won the NCAA the tournament. tournament against uh, Kentucky, who was an eight seed that year. Do you, Ashley? Do you have maybe a, a bubble team or a dark horse that could potentially make a run that maybe some of us are sleeping on? Well, I know you guys are talking about St. John's. Like, I, I, li- I like St. John's. Yo, I know that's so weird. Word. Um, Palms, baby. They have some I big like wins the, this year. I like the coach, uh, former NBA guy. Chris uh, got, I got to show some respect, some love for that. But, um, yeah, they, they did have a, a you know really bad losing streak in the middle of their season, which wasn't good. But we do need to take into account that they beat Duke and they beat Villanova, yes, yes, which are pretty big games. And yeah. one of those was at Villanova which is really hard to do because especially when Villanova, they were ranked number one in the country. And to go in there on the road and beat them the way that they beat them, it, it was just, to me, I was like, okay, if I'm the selection committee, I'm looking at that as like, all right, you know, they might have lost some, some games they should have won, but we can't forget the games that they did win. And those were quality wins. It wasn't like they, they beat, oh, like they beat DePaul, like, oh, DePaul, Marquette, blah, blah, blah. Like certain teams, it's just like, okay, like whatever. But two teams that are ranked, one team that was uh, fourth in the nation and number one, you've got to give them credit. And then also a team like in Alabama. Um, I'm never going to forget that game when all those guys got ejected. <laughs> and um, how could you forget that? You and can't. Three on five. You, and it just showed me, I mean, yeah, they ended up losing. But there, there's just certain things of that in that game that I was like, all right, this team is showing that they have, they have heart, they have stamina, they, they can keep up with – you know, teams like that. I mean, they can keep up with teams being down one one or two players. Are you serious? So um, I thought that was really interesting. And then Colin Sexton, you know, he's obviously putting up numbers, carrying the team on his back. Obviously, they haven't produced it the, the way they wanted to. But we're kind of seeing this, uh, uh, you know, across the, the, the league, you should say. But we're seeing this with even um, Trey Young in Oklahoma. You know, this guy is, you know, leading the – he's leading the NCAA in scoring – and uh, I think is he leading leading in assist as well? I would probably have to, I think he might still be leading in both categories. I have to check that. But um, you know your your team's not winning, so you got to put into account in that. But you know, yeah, teams like the Oklahomas of the world, St. John's, Alabama, those are a couple teams that I have actually watched and I was pretty impressed with. So regardless of who they lost to, how many games they lost, I'm taking into account the team the games that they won. And how they won it. I agree. I mean, I, and that Duke Villanova was back to back, no less. So that's even more impressive as it is. And they didn't have a conference win at the time. Like you said, they were 0 and 11, and they beat Duke. And everyone was just like, well, where the hell is this in conference play? We're already in January, and you don't have a win. <laughs> but um, no, I agree too to the point with Colin Sexton. He's another lottery pick. And we saw what happened. Like, I feel like the nation as a whole was. Let down with LSU a couple years ago when Ben Simmons was there. We didn't get to see the best player and the number one pick on the big stage. So I definitely think star power should play a part in it. Like Trey Young has to be in the tournament. Mo Bamba should be in the tournament. They're on the bubble. Um, but, yeah, I agree. I, those teams, in my opinion, for, for the product and just for, like, exposure in general, should definitely be in the tournament. All right. So we follow you on Twitter and we see you go. Who's your player of the year? Because because you've been outspoken about this. So who's your player of the year? And I want to let you fill everyone in. Oh, Jalen Brunson. I mean, you have to give it to him. Yeah. This, this guy is putting up 
crazy numbers. I think he's actually leading his conference. I think he might be second in the conference in scoring. But besides that, he's doing things that you can't really put in the stats. And meaning just his IQ for the game is unmatched. Yeah, Trey Young's great. Trey Young this. But once he started getting all the hype from media, his numbers plummeted. He could not be on the big stage. You know what? I need to give it, I, I need to, you know, kind of be a little bit more sympathetic, empathetic, if you will. He's a freshman. He's a young guy. I can't expect these guys to know how to play under pressure like that, um, especially when the media, all this attention on you, it, it can't be easy at all. But I got to give it to Jalen Brunson. I mean, the, the, they've only lost, what, two or three games this whole season. Um, and obviously they were ranked number one for a – long portion of the season gotta give him credit for that they've won some big games so i know that sometimes defensively not as good but offensively when, when they're on they're on and i've seen jalen brunson take over games like you wouldn't believe and he's one of those guys too doesn't get rattled you need him to make a clutch shot in the fourth quarter he's got it you need him to do something in overtime he's got it i saw him make uh two driving driving layups and one um to win the game, to win the game that they had, uh, I think it was maybe two games ago, maybe one game ago. I'm trying to remember. All, there's so many things going on, so many games I've watched, but I got to go with Jalen Brunson, national champion, uh, his freshman year, pay, played a big role in that. Yeah, he's a leader, and I, I'm not going to go with what the media says, Trey Young this, Trey Young that. Yeah, but his team's not winning games. Maybe it'd be a little bit more impressive if his team was winning games, but to me, uh, you have to factor a little bit of everything, stats, wins, everything leadership on and off the court and i think jalen brunson embodies that yeah. boss what do you think so i respect it but i am going to go trey young and his numbers did plummet like once he you know like toward the middle of conference play and toward the end his shooting percentages were terrible from from three and from 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 all over the floor really but i just think if you take him off that team they are last in the big 12 they're down there with iowa state so I think he alone has kept them afloat all season long, and he's pretty much himself got them a bit in the tournament. And I respect all that Jalen Brunson's done. He's a beast, and I hate that he's still there because he was an All-American coming out of high school. And somehow Villanova always gets, like, three- to four-year guys. And, like, if you take him off Villanova, I still think they're a top-25 team. With Michael Bridges, who's also, you know, a late bloomer, but he's, he's popped up on some lottery on some mock drafts, and Dante DiVincenzo, who's emerged as a knockdown shooter as a sophomore. So I like what Jalen Brunson's done. I have him as a close second, but I still got to give it to Trey Young. All right. All right, so last but not least, we're going to fast forward to the end of the NTA tournament. Ashley, we need a pick. <laughs> Number one pick. Um, I'm actually I'm going to go with Villanova. Okay. And it's hard, to, it's hard not to. I like what they got, and like you know, you could have easily made another argument that Jalen Brunson has a lot of pieces around him. So um, he does, and, and that's another reason why they're winning a lot of games because they have five or was it six six guys in double figure scoring, which is amazing to me to see that at a college level. Yeah, it's but unheard of. I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to go with Villanova on that. I love their team play, their coach. They've like they have you know like you said three year four year guys, people that are staying. They've had time to gel. The chemistry's there. Offensively, they're fantastic. Defensively, questionable. But I think they've shown, all right, pressure situations. They don't get rattled. And I'm going with Villanova. 
All right. So what's gonna happen is this is a dream scenario. They win the tournament and then they coach the and then and then Jay Wright uh, becomes the head coach of the Knicks next year. Uh, sign <laughs> me up. Sign me up for that. Uh, what about, hold on. What, before, what do you think about Michigan? Because I'm not gonna lie. The more I watch Michigan, the more I like them, and they just won the Big Ten pretty easily. Uh, what do you think about Michigan? Do you think they got a shot? I, I do. I think they, you know, I want, I'm going to go with the teams that not everyone thought was going to win. I mean, obviously the whole season it's been Michigan State, Michigan State, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. But I think Michigan has, has a huge shot. I, I like them, um, like, on both ends of the floor. I think they're pretty a pretty solid team. But, um, I mean, not to win at all. I, I don't think they got a chance to win at all. Mm-hmm. I, I got to see more from them. But I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with my pick, Villanova, 100%. Yeah. And Jay Wright's going to coach the Knicks next year. <laughs> Ashley, thank Maybe. you so much for the time. Before you go, please give the listeners a little bit, a little bit of background of what, of what you do, what you guys have, what you have coming up in the in the pipeline. Uh, it, it, the floor is yours. Where do I begin? So I cover mostly the NBA, but I have been tapping into NCAA. So I work for the NBA Summer League, and what I do for them is put together – Weekly videos about five to seven minutes, five to ten minutes long about the stuff that's going on in the NBA. And then we are starting to tap more into the NCAA stuff, preparing for the NBA Summer League. So I just got a new studio that I invested a lot of time and money into that I'm filming at now. And then I also put together my own like sports comedy videos. So, you know, I like to have fun with it. I like to make jokes. And, you know, the NBA is so dramatic. All the players are, are crazy, and just I have to, you know, tap into the comedy side of things. So I would say that I do a little bit of both, more sports commentary, but and sports comment, um, sports comedy, and then I also do work for Grand Canyon University. I cover the basketball team, the men's basketball team, and I do all their social media, and I write, you know, the game recaps and stuff for. It's called Your View, which is like affiliate with Cox Communications. So cool. I do a little bit of that, and then yeah, I appear on podcasts here and there, and I give my my hot takes, and then I also end up on ESPN First Take randomly from dope. time to time, which is a good yeah, which is great. We got a million views, so that was big time for me. That was awesome. You broke my heart when you said they should boycott the Final Four or the tournament. Though. I think they should too. I cannot picture March without the NCAA tournament sprinkled in yeah. for three weeks. March Madness. It's not going to happen. These guys, they, they want to play, and they they just they wouldn't even know where to begin on that. Like, what, are you just not going to show up? Like, yeah. you don't even know the teams? Like, what, like, what are you going to do? Like, everything's already booked. Like, you're just not going to go? Like, it's yeah. not going to happen, but I would have liked to see them take a stand. Yeah. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for the time. Uh, if the people want to reach you, where can they contact you? Uh, they can contact me uh, Twitter, Instagram, at Ashley Neville. I don't really give my emails out or anything unless someone um, is really pressing me for it. But, yeah, I mean, just social media, at Ashley Neville, you can comment on my stuff. I usually reply to all comments um, if they're appropriate, obviously. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I get some weird comments, believe it or not, and some things I have to, like, delete and block, and I just I can't deal. No, we definitely do as, we do as well. We do as well. Yeah, I bet you guys do for sure. Um, uh, so, yeah. So thank yeah. you, Ashley. Thank you so much. Thank you. Of course. Anytime. Let's All go right. Orange. Let's go. <laughs> let's go Nova. And Johnny's. Well, yeah, let's go Johnny's. Let's go Nova. Uh, thank you for the Fair time. Uh, and we look forward to catching up with you again soon. Of course. Anytime. Bye-bye. That was dope. Thanks to Ashley for coming on for sure.
Uh, boss, what's up with you coming up? Huh? This is my favorite week of the year. Is it? Yeah, hundred percent. I you know, I you know I honestly like kind of prefer conference tournaments to the NCAA, which is kind of crazy. But I just feel like it's more intense mm-hmm. because teams are playing for the NCAA, even but, though it's it's still obviously winner go home in both like scenarios. Yeah. So, but. I don't know. Something about like there's more rivals. Yeah, involved. the teams play each other more often. Like, yeah. yeah, so it's like clashing of rivals and stuff like that. But I think I'm going Wednesday. Hopefully Syracuse wins Tuesday night. They they're playing Wake. Okay. And then they would play UNC Wednesday night. Ooh, oof, which would be dope. And Virginia Tech is playing Notre Dame at seven. So when you think about going to that game, do you get a little bit of a boner? Just a little. Bit. Yes, because it's probably a win. In if we win, if we beat Wake. That game against UNC is winning it, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, man, I remember the Jerry McNamara year like it was yesterday. That's what I'm saying. Like, you guys talk about the Kemba and Shabazz run. Like, dude, Jerry McNamara is the OG of that. I shit. had that Syracuse <laughs> jersey. Bro, number 06, three. Jerry McNamara. That that floater, right? Bro, the, the three-point floater? floater against Cincinnati. Like, something gets no love just because, like, Kemba G-Mac. went out to win the tournament. And uh, I wonder what he's around. He's I, up to these. He he's went, coaching. You know, he's on Syracuse coaching he, staff. Oh, a fire. He went to Europe, though, originally, Did, right? He was playing in Greece, yeah. Okay. Duh. I like it better now. Really quickly, speaking of international ball, uh, the NBL, I'm not sure if you guys are aware. Australia? It's Australia and New Zealand's professional basketball league. Uh, Most notably, Terrence Ferguson last year, who is now on uh, the Thunder, right? Yep. He went overseas to play there. They're actually implementing a new rule where they're, where uh, each team is allowed one uh, foreign-born American player on their roster and it will actually pay them. Uh, so I mean everyone gets paid in that league, but you know this is like a special slot, like a designated player slot for like like up and coming potential NBA players. Uh, so the NBL is sort of you know taking advantage of this sort of NCAA situation right now, which I think could be very interesting. And and the Terrence Ferguson situation went well last year. Would you agree? Or- yeah, I mean he was like a top top uh, recruit who was supposed to go to Arizona, uh-huh. but like didn't qualify academically or whatever. I mean it still worked out for him. Brandon Jennings, it kind of worked out for you know he was still a lottery pick. Yeah. So that route has definitely worked. I know it's been like rough going. Like Brendan Jennings said, he had yeah. a rough experience in Italy. Well, so here's the thing: the, the reason that I, well, a lot of people think, you know, th- they think this as well. But the reason I believe it'll be so great is because there's no language barrier. True that in New Zealand and Australia, you know, despite the accent difference, you know, good day, mate. It's still, you know, <laughs> let's go shoot some threes, mate, and let's go nah, put up yeah, some dunks that. and shots, mate. There's no barrier. Yeah, I would say your accent started okay, and then it just went completely <laughs> downhill. It went downhill. Just downhill. Uh, so, you know, guys, just be on the lookout for that NBL. Uh, there's probably some news coming out about it, but I, I think that could be interesting as an alternative. To, you mentioned, someone mentioned LeVar. LeVar's yeah, bro. I, I, I yeah. think Shady, I think LeVar. He's laughing. He's definitely. Like Ashley said, he's way ahead of his time. He yeah. is. Like, as much as he gets shit on for, he is a genius. Like, he's marketing the shit out of BBB. I, see, I, I wish Lamar had a little LeVar. more. Uh, LeVar, I'm sorry, had a little more money. Because I feel like as. You know how Vince McMahon has the opportunity with the XFL to just sink a whole shitload of money into it and go into debt for a little while. I don't know if LeVar Ball has that kind of net worth to to be able to pay, you know, salaries and go into debt for a little while. I know I know Vince McMahon does. So I think I think if Vince McMahon starts something and I know it's not on the burner, it's just a crazy idea that only exists in my head. But if he starts something on the XFL side where that becomes a kind of a minor league, I think that you're going to see it on the NBA side tomorrow and like I, I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like magic johnson or something like that is behind it someone who has the clout and the money to back them up someone who if they tell the kids 
come play for this league, they could trust him because they've made starters before. The only reason I disagree with with Magic Johnson is because now he's an owner, part so owner of the Lakers. Yeah. So he has so yeah. that's, he actually sells the Lakers. Yeah. It's happened before. Not that he owns the Lakers. He's like he used to own the Dodgers. I thought he used to use on the Dodgers. He just bought the Dodgers. Like he's part of the group that bought the Dodgers. Yeah. I d- well, there I you think- go. He still owns the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I see what you're saying, though. I see what you're saying. Like, not necessarily Magic Johnson himself, but a Magic Johnson esque, right? Notable a guy yeah. or, or Jordan even a guy who has a billion dollars and wants to spend some of it and has clout. Well, Jordan, another bad example, owns the team, but know what you're saying. <laughs> he owns the Hornets. Right, uh, another let's see. like prominent Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. How about that? Shaq and Barkley? He's getting Ooh. all that TNT money. Shaq and Barkley could be interesting. Yo, Barkley on Saturday Night Live was hilarious. You couldn't see read that? the prompter that well, though. Yo, it was <laughs> so bad, but that's what added to the hilariousness of it. Yeah. Like, yo, word, you see A-Rod? Nah, he's terrible. Yo, A-Rod is the worst, bro. He has zero personality. Super Dude, smile. Super he, smiles. Even his... He's li- very... Li- yo, he, A-Rod, if you're not talking baseball to him, like, he, like you're talking or, to or, an or idiot. Or sit-ups or J-Lo, yeah. He's, yeah. So, he's so disingenuous. Even when he's reading a script, you don't believe him. I know. Like, you didn't even write the words, and I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I know they're fake, and I still I still don't believe you. Yeah, I'm Team A-Rod, though. Uh, our guy, who's, that, that's not even a team. <laughs> All right, and with that, <laughs> uh, we're wrapping it up for this week's episode. I filled in for Joe. Uh, if you guys need to reach me, it's I-M-P-Y-2 underscores. You already know, Twitter and Instagram. Tim, if they need to reach you, where are they finding you? Uh, so a little bit of complication with that one. Usually it's at Timbertrop on all social media outlets, if, but only if you're feeling real frisky. But right now I'm not feeling frisky for the month of, Mar- month of March. Okay. I have given up social media for the month of March. I'm keeping the Twitter active for professional use only. So uh, if you have any type of VM questions, come hit me on the Twitter at Timbertrop. But the Instagram's down, the Snapchat's down, the Facebook's down uh, for the month. Trying to. Trying to, get my reality on. Yeah, trying to get my reality on. Uh, at Brodo Fantasy for all your fantasy baseball needs. The Twins are back at it and better than ever. Um, we win championships. That's what we do. Listen. And you will win a championship too. Uh, at Endovito27 on Twitter and the gram. Shout out to Nick. He'll yep. be back Thursday. Yep. Lamb VM10. If you're looking for him on social media everywhere. If you need to reach Joe, it's Joe Sanigato. Uh And also, swing a follow to the hub where all of this cool stuff comes out of Sanigato Studio. Uh, and guys, also, swing a follow to the Veterans Minimum um, Instagram page, Veteran underscore Minimum, and the Twitter account, Veterans Minimum. And the Facebook. And the Facebook page. Uh, and with that, we'll catch you next week. Let's do it again. What the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs>